You're gonna get hooked on that thing. I can see it now. 16,000 bags of Cheetos later, you wake up, you're 35, you're overweight, you're crying about your life in front of the soaps. I just did you a favor. You stupid, ignorant son of a bitch, dumb bastard! Jesus Christ, I've met some dumb bastards in my time, but you outdo them all. Get over there! Look up idiots in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A picture of me? No! The definition of the word idiot, which you fucking are. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! It's an inanimate fucking object. You're an inanimate fucking object! You dirt-eating piece of slime! You scum-sucking pig! You son of a motherless goat! You blithering, blundering, bull-nosed, block-headed, pot-bellied, ham-fisted jackass! You are pukes! You are the lowest form of life on Earth. You are not even human fucking beings. You are nothing but unorganized, grabastic pieces of amphibian shit. You're the problem. You're the fucking problem. You fucking doctor, why, onking, jam, rag, arking, spunk, bubble, fucking hoity-toity, hey fucking... Hey, buddy, the curse words, all right? Kiss my sweaty balls, you fat fuck. In your general direction, your mother was a hamster, and your father smelt of elderberry. You're sitting there, you're wondering, do I have food on my face? Am I eating? Am I talking too much? Are they talking enough? Am I interested? I'm not really interested. Should I play like I'm interested, but I'm not that interested? But I think she might be interested. But do I want to be interested? But now she's not interested. So now all of a sudden, I'm getting, I'm starting to get interested. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Pardon my French, but you're an asshole! Welcome, everyone. It's time for another rant show. I'm Alan Sanders, hosting today's dynamic duo of diabolically delicious discussions on the declining, devolving, and disastrous directions we feel certain we are duly heading. Joining me on today's two-fisted truckle of tandem talk, let's welcome back the Grand Poobah himself, the big chief of the Clintcast, the Elvis of entertainment shows, the dominator of the decade of decadence, the mover and shaker of music reviews, the synergistic salutatorian of cinema, the groove king of gaming, and the inestimable icon of interviews, the leader of the 60MW dynasty, Mr. Dave Robinson. Welcome. Y'all ready for this? I feel like I should be coming out to a big audience and flames going off and I'm in Lycra. <laughs> if this was if this was a video show, that would immediately get people turning off. But I feel like that. I do enjoy your interviews. Interviews? I do enjoy your interviews. I like I interviewing too. <laughs> I also enjoy your introductions as well. And this is a really good start. As um, people won't know, we had a really good start to our little intimate evening together by my computer not working. So... We yeah, didn't know we're talking to each other. You know, we both decided let's let's both reboot our, our roads. We love our roadcaster pros. And then we were like, well, I'm like, okay, everything's working on my end. So why don't you try rebooting your computer? You didn't. Everything's working beautifully. So hey, that's why we build in some extra lag time and talk time to make sure if we, we account for those little things. Oh, yes. It's a bloody good job we do too. <laughs> so how you been? It's been uh, just before Christmas we had our last rant show and it came out in early 2022 here. So this is technically <laughs> our first recording of the new year. It is, yeah, but you know us, there's always some something bubbling underneath to have a bit of a rant and a laugh about, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, well, let's face it, it's not like we're going to solve it, so we might as well do like uh, people in our age ranges start to do and just bitch about it. 
yes. <laughs> and again, should be, you know, I should be in America with you, sat on the porch. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah, and doing classic, get off my lawn, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, these stupid kids back in our day, we actually had to manufacture our own dirt. They get it free. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be recording this on a C60 cassette. Oh, my God. Okay, side rant. You just had, I, I saw this news story the other day, because I don't know if albums have come back in the UK, but that's a big nostalgia thing here in the US. Records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just saw a massive news story, the return of the cassette. Holy shit. I was like, what are we do? Are we trying to put more drama and more like, why are we going backwards in, in, in our in our technology? I'm not going back to buying a cassette player and, and having to use my pencil to rewind it and um, because it got caught in the heads. And then hearing that sound of when it's like in the car, and you try to eject it real fast. I was going to say when you said about the the sale of cassettes going up, I was going to say it will up the sale of pencils too. <laughs> now there will be an age of people who are like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> and LPs over here, yeah, vinyl, vinyl took off a couple of years ago, but new albums they were like thirty quid or something. I know. What the hell kind of price is that? It's ridiculous. We have a great little record shop in our town, sort of like that secondhand record store. I remember in the college towns when I was growing up and he does a combination of being a, a, a an independent record dealer. He gets new pressed albums, but he also mm. will get a lot of um, used, but quality like, can, you know, in good condition. People are buying everything. I mean, I'm going to my mom saying, did you throw all the albums that you used to have in the old record player that you stored in the attic? I might be able to make some money. I've got so many albums in the loft, mate, from the 80s. And I was looking that, um, because they're repressing them now and they're selling them for 30 quid or whatever, but the original pressings are going for ridiculous price. And I thought, I might just, you know, like you said, make a little bit of money, sell them. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I have no desire to find out how to buy a Bluetooth-enabled high-end record player to try to hook to my stereo. I'm too hooked into the digital revolution. I've still got some CDs, but basically, I stream everything. It's either through my Alexa or through YouTube. Yeah, I think that's the way with most people now. But uh, it is nice to see the return of vinyl, mostly for the album covers, if nothing else. So you can have a look at those rather than the little tiny picture on iTunes or whatever people are using Spotify or anything. That is true. That is something. And we've talked about it before. Uh, we do. I do a radio show on Saturdays uh, with a buddy who it's his show is called BK on the air. And he, he bills it as nostalgic geekiness. And it's about remembering what it was like growing up in the 70s and 80s and maybe even just into the 90s. But the, the TV shows we watched, the toys we played with, the cartoons we watched, the music we played. And we talk about that all the time that kids today don't understand. You would buy an album, you'd open it up. Hopefully you'd have the song lyrics, but even still, you would put the record on and just look at the pictures and be lost in your room for a couple of hours. Oh, yeah. Many a time you'd buy the album just because of the cover and you wouldn't have a clue who the band was or anything, but, but it was an awesome cover. Right. So you'd, yeah. <laughs> and there's still there's still something I get. I do wax nostalgic about that. Mm-hmm. And it's cool, especially those memories. And, and those are the memories we'll have forever. Um, I don't know that I want to go and recreate those memories. I'll just leave them right where they are. Yeah, I think that's the best way, isn't it? It's that little rose-tinted glasses that you sometimes use to look look back on everything that's happened. Well, it, it reminds me of the show that uh, Chris and Adam do together, the Spotlight Reflection. Sometimes the movies that we think when we go to rewatch, we think, oh, I remember that it was so awesome when I was a kid. And then you can watch it and you go, 
oh, I've just now ruined everything about that movie and the memories because I went and rewatched it as an adult. Oh, it's so awful when that happens. I've done it a few times. I'd like movies that I thought, yeah, that, that was amazing. I used to watch it all the time on VHS. And then you'll watch it again and think, it's a load of shit. Why, <laughs> why did I like that? Who, so who replaced the movie that was in my head? Because that's not yeah. what I remember. <laughs> oh, it's awful, mate. That is. I hate that. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> well, how you been since the start of the new year? Yeah, not too bad. The the long, way too long recovery from the operation is still ongoing. Um, it's going to be summer before I'm 100%. So I'm still very, very slowly just getting back to normal, slow phased return to work, just adding half a day every two weeks and yeah, it's just, you know, just getting there. I'm, you know, I know by the summer I'll be hopefully, you know, back to even, even better than I was before. It's like the $6 million man. I've been rebuilt. I'm going to be better than I was. Now, have they given you like exercises or food or things? Are you part of like, is there a regimen or is it just time? Food, mate, because there were so many things that I couldn't, I couldn't eat. Uh, and so I've gone mad with food. The, the main one being cheese. I'm just like gone cheese mad, but anything spicy I couldn't eat. Uh, there was all sorts of weird things that just did my insides in that I couldn't eat before. So that is so amazing that I can eat all the uh, all the usual shit that I used to eat. <laughs> I haven't got a very uh, refined palate, but you know. But in terms of like the healing itself, have your doctors or anybody said, okay, here's what we want you to start doing, or is there any exercise? Or yeah, any- just, just build the exercise up slowly uh, because at work, uh, there's a gym there. There's a swimming pool. They do after, after hours classes for the staff, which involve like circuit training and spin classes and on the weights. So probably after Easter, I'm going to start doing a couple of those. I'm going to get back into the gym again for the first time in years which will kill me, but I'm looking forward to it and and just spending a couple of evenings after work, just getting back into shape again and getting fit. Oh, good. Well, you you know, there's always that part of us where we go, I don't want to waste the time in the gym. What's what's the deal? But then we're at that age where we start realizing there's more on that road behind us probably than left in front of us. And I'd like to make that road as long as possible in front of us. Well, And you got to do it. You've, you've got to do it because for a long, long, all through my 20s, 30s, even into my 40s, I'd go to the gym, go to the gym about twice a week, go swimming once a week and, and stay in shape. Not to, you know, not to get muscular or be a bodybuilder or anything, but just to stay fit. Mm-hmm. And then through a combination of, you know, jobs and the long commute and this, that and the other, I've not been to the gym for, for ages and ages. So this will be the first time getting back into a regular exercise routine. Oh, I'd say for over five years, but then I think, you know, there's the scary thing. And even, even saying it is like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be 60 in three years. Right. Which is what the, f- I'm no, there's, there's like an 18 year old in, in his body. I can't be 60 in three years. So I just want to make sure that I'm as fit as I can be. That's my target to be as fit as I can be for my 60th birthday and then just keep it going. You know what? I'm, I'm in the exact same boat. Um, I think we're only five years apart. Um, I'll be turning, uh, I'm, I'm 50, I'll be 52 at the end of the year here. So we're about five, maybe six years apart. 
Well, yeah, I'm 57 in the summer. So, okay. So, you know, and when you get to that, to the same age, we're both at the, the, the four or five years difference doesn't make a whole lot of difference, but I've recognized, and I think we had a show about this, about some of the things that have happened to me since I hit 50. <laughs> I've also recognized is sometimes it's harder to do the things that I used to be able to do instantaneously, like just run up a flight of stairs. Mm-hmm. I suddenly go, now I feel like Samuel Jackson running in a movie. <laughs> he can look fit, but when he starts running, you go, that's not a young guy anymore. You know, yeah. you just feel not quite. And part of that is because we have sedentary lifestyles. I sit in front of a microphone for my job, sit in the car on the way. So, you know, my wife and I try really, really hard. Now, thankfully, she's a personal trainer. So I have uh, somebody who's whipping me into shape from time to time. But honestly, I try to dodge her as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to get out and do it. Now, I will tell you the one thing we do, and it's harder in the winter, obviously, but we started a few years ago and then uh, really two years ago, it became uh, a much bigger project, but we decided to do a lot more gardening, learning how to grow vegetables, learning how to grow food for ourselves. It was a skill that you kind of take for granted until things start to maybe slow down or you start worrying about supplies and you go, what would happen if the grocery store went out without stuff on the shelves for a few weeks? Could I... Could I forage for myself and my family? And you realize, no, we can't anymore. No, I couldn't. I'd be foraging for cheese. I'd be in dustbins. And <laughs> has anybody thrown out a bit of cheddar? I'm desperately looking for that. That'd be me. I'd be dead within a week. I'd be gone. Well, the cool thing about gardening and whether we were good at it or not, it was forcing us outside in the sun, in the fresh air. And lo and behold, you know, you look at, all this research, all the stuff, people keep coming back to the same things. Fresh air, sunlight, move more, eat less. It seems so simple. Yeah. And it does, it does get easier during the summer. Definitely. I already starting to feel better uh, physically and mentally as well. I think because of the, the mornings are getting that little bit lighter. The evenings are getting lighter for longer. Mm-hmm. And it do, you just feel better with more daylight than just being stuck in the dark all the time. Yeah, my wife is definitely much like that. Uh, there's the 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 syndrome where they call it sad seasonal affective yeah. disorder, and she gets a little bit of that where when the sun's gone for so long, she can just feel for no other reason, just blah, like she just gets the winter blahs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As we get those longer days, she's like, woohoo! You know, it's <laughs> nine o'clock and the sun's not set yet, like, and she's real happy. Yeah. Oh, mate, it's awesome. Nine o'clock and it's still sunshine out there those are the days yes yes and you know what i this is the thing we're getting a little older we're starting to talk about weather we just spent the next five last five minutes about, oh weather getting out there being fit british um, it's obligatory if you're british that you have to begin any conversation by starting about the weather the weather well yeah. i understand it's been kind of snowy and windy for you guys uh over in your part of the country yeah, we've had uh, two storms back to back. And even today, there's been really windy. And we took Bodie for a walk and we just timed it perfectly because we got in. And even though it was really windy, it was, you know, the sky was clear and it was sunny. And we got in. Then within 10 minutes, snow. There was so much bloody snow for, I don't know, about an hour. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah, bring on the summer and the sunshine, although spring. I like the spring. spring. I'm a spring and fall person followed by actually winter, then summer last, like the dead heat. Now, I live in the South in the U S for those folks who are new to the listening and new to the show. And it can get really, really hot and humid in Georgia. <laughs> now you see, 
I live in North Wales and every day is like winter, really. <laughs> it doesn't matter what <laughs> season it is. It's just going to be windy and pissing down. That's it. Probably. <laughs> well, you'll have to when, uh, when, when time is right, when, uh, when you decide to come to the Peach State, uh, we'll show you around. But uh, it gets real humid and real hot. I remember my first two years after moving down from up north where it was cooler and drier, and that's what I was used to. I literally said to my friends, how does anybody function outside in the summer? I didn't understand it. Like, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like the air was thick. I felt like I turned into like my clothes started sticking to me. I would come in after half an hour as if I had just jumped into the pool fully clothed because you'd sweat so much and the humidity wouldn't let it dry. And now I'm so used to it. 91, 92, 93 degrees. I'm like, yeah, it's warm, but it's not bad. It has to get to like 98. And I go, okay, now it's getting really hot. Oh, mate, if you came to North Wales in the middle of summer when people here, you know, are just in shorts and T-shirt, you'd be wearing a jumper probably. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Although I tell you what, some of my winter blood came back and this will sort of tease into what my rant will be about. But we had to go up to upstate New York where my wife is from, which is all the way up in the northern northeastern part of the country. And it was at its coldest day. We woke up one morning. And it was negative 13 degrees Fahrenheit, which meant 45 degrees colder than the freezing point. That's that's cold. It was cold. (laughs) I take it you weren't in shorts and T-shirt that day. No, no. In fact, I was mad. I said I should have brought long johns to put under my jeans because even wearing jeans, it felt like the wind and the cold made your clothes so cold that, that that touching your skin felt like you had almost like frozen clothes on your skin. Oh yeah. Long johns in winter. Yeah. Essential. Yeah. Well, I didn't think to bring any, I live in Georgia. I don't have long johns. (laughs) (laughs) If it gets cold one day, it's back to at least somewhat normal the next, you know, we very rarely have long cold snaps. I think we go this, this winter we've had maybe three days in a row where we were like well below freezing where people were like, geez, it's 21, 22 degrees in Georgia. That's cold. It actually makes news when it's that cold. Mm-hmm. A few days, right? Right. Oh, it's it's on every news channel. Wow, this record uh, Arctic snap, <laughs> you know. And then, like today, today we're going. And this is what's weird. Now, this will cause people to get sick in Georgia. Uh, I, I, at least, it feels like it. Today, we're going up to seventy-four degrees, unseasonably warm in the middle of February. We have a cold front coming tomorrow, where we're going to drop to thirty-four degrees by the end of the day. So you're going from a 74 day to a 34 degree day in basically 24 hours. That is crazy when it does that. That is really such a huge difference in temperature in in just a a short period of time. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. The the big joke in George is if you don't like the weather, wait an hour, you'll get the news. You'll get another season. It's it's about the same here. (laughs) Yeah. Never settle on what you've got at the moment. Well, uh, if we want to dive into it, I, I kind of wanted to open on mine because I know you've got one brewing, but mine definitely goes along with the cold and the New York and why I had to go to New York um, uh, recently. My uh, wife's father-in-law passed away. And that's not the fun part of the story. Obviously, that's not the fun part. <laughs> the rant I have, I think I can put down to three words. Mm-hmm. Autocorrect, Ooh. automated, auto irritation. <laughs> It's the auto rant. It's the auto rant and not car automatic because we, um, my wife had a ticket to fly already up to New York before we got the, the word that her dad had passed away. And so it was ironic 
that weekend that she was planning to fly up and had bought her ticket well in advance. So that way it was like only a, you know, let's say a hundred dollars. It was really cheap. And it was a one-way ticket, no stops, no having to worry about layovers or anything, just a straight shot. And so she had the ticket. Well, that's the weekend that ended up being his funeral. So we thought, well, if there's one in our minds, if there's one silver lining, hey, you're going to drive up. You're going to be there for a couple of weeks to take care of things. Let me go ahead and use your ticket because I have to fly up anyway. Yeah. 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 It seems reasonable, right? Does that, that doesn't yeah, sound yeah. like we're asking for anything crazy. It's all good so far. I call Delta and I have no problem telling it Delta. <laughs> I say Delta Airlines. My wife bought a ticket. It's obviously in her name. Comes from the same account. We have separate checking accounts, but basically the same address. We both share each other's information. We're both on each other's accounts. Can I just go ahead and transfer that ticket to my name? No, sir, we don't do that. I'm like, why? It's the same billing address, the same home. I'm taking the same seat. What's the difference? Well, for security reasons, we need to have a brand new ticket with the, with the right uh, ticket holder. I was like, are you serious? Fine. So can we get a refund then? Because if I can't use this ticket because, well, we can do that once we get a copy of the death certificate. It's like, oh, okay. So you think I'm lying? Fine. I'm going to go online. And I'm going to buy a new ticket to go to New York for the funeral. So I go online and the cheapest ticket one way is now instead of $100, $250. Whoa. Like, yeah, that's great. So now my wife is actually filling it out and my daughter, Sophie, the youngest, wants to go. And so we said, well, you know what? We'll buy you a ticket. You were really close to grandpa. Uh, my other daughter was already, had already bought her ticket with her boyfriend. And so they already had their arrangements. So my wife is on the Delta website. And it's filling out and putting specifically my daughter's name and then my name. And as she's filling it all out, hits, you know, goes to pay. And it says you left a field blank. Like she gets a little message. You have to enter all the fields. Right. So the automated fields. Yeah. She goes on her browser to put in. It says you're missing a phone number. Well, she just in her haste and just not thinking clearly her father having just passed away, put her cell number in the field thinking it was because she's buying it even though she wrote my name on the field for name ticket one, my daughter's name for ticket two, puts the cell phone number in Google or Chrome in an effort to be a helpful field says, Oh, you're putting in a cell number that we know is associated with Susan. Let's rewrite all the information and autofill everything for you. Now that you've put in a cell number, my wife, not paying attention, hits purchase buys two tickets one in my daughter's name, one in her name. No. I was like, I can't change the name. We already know we can't change the name. Now we've got another ticket in your name. <laughs> so I called Delta and I'm going to get into the call piece in just a minute. But let's just say for now, I get somebody who says all you have to do because we'll give you there's a 24 hour grace period. If something changes, just cancel, just completely cancel the trip. It'll be refunded. No questions asked. Book another trip. Now, they've already taken the money, earmarked it out of the account because we can see that the four or almost 500 have been taken out of the account. I'm like, OK, great. So we have $100 pending when we get a death certificate. Now we've got another $500 that's been allocated that's supposed to immediately come back. Let's spend another 500 buying two tickets. I'll fill it all out. I did it. I made sure I triple checked. Fine. Hit spent, hit purchase bought it, 
charge me another $500 for those two tickets. Great. Next day, my wife's account shows that the $500 was changed to 250, but they had still taken half of the money out. I was like, what the heck is this? They were supposed to cancel the trip. Yeah. Right. So I call Delta. All of a sudden I get hi. due to the number of calls we are experiencing right now. It could be a while. Do you want to try our automated system? (laughs) Okay. Let me try the automated system. I sit there through the automated system and I realize it's a bot. The bot, after about two hours of wasting my time, I realize is not going to help me understand that I bought two actual tickets with my name. We had refunded the other one, but only got half the refund when we canceled the trip. So I call back due to the large number of calls. It's going to take a while. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll wait. Your average wait time, two hours and 15 minutes. Oh, no. I'm like, surely it's not two hours and 15 minutes. So I just kind of plugged my phone in the charger. I put it on speaker. Dude, two hours and 15 minutes later, I finally get person, I, a, a customer, no service operator on the line. That is terrible. That now, is bad. My rant's not over. <laughs> oh, shit. So I've already gotten screwed because they wouldn't do something really simple like change the name on a ticket. I get hmm. screwed by the autofill on the browser. And, and then when I cancel it, I get screwed by Delta only refunding half of it. I'm now on the line for literally, and I, and I watched it, two hours and 15 minutes. I get someone on the line. It takes me roughly 15 minutes of playing mental gymnastics with the level of, of, of intellect of your typical customer service operator to finally get them to understand what happened. I was like, look, I've got the two reference numbers. Look it up in your system. Obviously, you have access to more information than I do, but I can tell you, here's reference one that you can see we canceled. Here's reference to where you can see I bought. So I'm not trying to scam you. I just want my full refund. I'm not in the habit of giving a business $250 for the fun of it, not getting anything out of it. I don't know about you, Dave. I don't have money coming out of my butt that I just like dollar bills for fun. It's like any firm, isn't it? The, the systems that they've got in place to take your money. Oh, it's so easy. Instantaneous. So easy. Yeah. The systems in place to refund the money back to the customer. Oh, you've got to jump through hoops and do all sorts. So uh, now I've, after 15 minutes, the woman finally thinks she understands what I'm doing. <clears throat> she goes, okay, can you please hold? I'm like, okay, great. 45 minutes later, I'm watching this. <laughs> 45 minutes later, she comes back. She goes, hey, um, we're still trying to get through to the refund desk. I was like, you're not authorized to do the refund. You're, you're the customer service agent. Well, we have different departments and they're really behind too. So I'm, I'm waiting to get someone on the refund desk. Can I go ahead and get your home address? You had my reference numbers that had everything associated with the billing. Okay, fine. I'm bored sitting here anyway. I might as well just go ahead and say where I live. She goes, okay, thank you very much. I'll be right back. 30 minutes later, comes back. Hey, we're still trying to get through to the refund desk. Can I get your email address? I was like, is this a game you play where you could have gotten all this information, but you already knew it was going to take forever to get to the refund desk? So this is a way of keeping me on the line. I mean, I'm like, oh, yeah. And 
Just, just in the hope that you would give up and put the phone down. I'm wondering, is it? And what I'm wondering is, who won the office pool? Was I the jackass in the middle of like that customer <laughs> service pool where they all go, how, "Let's see how long we can keep this guy on the phone." Who's going to hang up first? They got me and some other, you know, dipshit from Philadelphia, and we're both like needing to have somebody help us. We're like, who, who do we get to hang up first? All right, hey, you go online. You ask him. Uh, say, oh, we need your, your your email address now, and then oh, go to the other guy. Uh, uh, by the way, how tall are you? You know, just I don't know. Dude, it took another two hours and 10 minutes before they finally came back and said, we've gotten someone on the refund desk. We've gotten the information to them. We're going to send you an email that has all of the information. Is there anything else we can do for you today? Yes, you can fuck the hell off. <laughs> I was so, dude, I wasted five hours of a Saturday battling customer no service. I almost thought it wasn't worth the $250. I almost thought I could have made more money if I had been going on the street begging and made up the difference than it would have been being on the cell, on the telephone. I mean, I appreciate obviously that firms, they've got to have systems in place to stop fraud and to stop people claiming stuff that isn't theirs. Mm -hmm. But in the year 2022, Surely it should be a lot easier than that. Come mm -hmm. on. Well, and the thing is, they understood the situation. They saw within the timeline of a few minutes, why would I have bought two tickets, then canceled the trip and bought two again, unless I had made a mistake and they could see, oh, you had Sophie and Susan when it should have been Sophie and Alan. Got it. I see on the one it says Sophie and Alan. The other one says Sophie, Susan. That's the one you canceled. I see what you're doing. It wasn't hard. It wasn't like we had to get you know Sherlock Holmes to deduce what Moriarty was up to here, right? This was a fairly straightforward. I actually told Susan, I said, thank God this wasn't something complex because I'd probably still be on customer service hold. Imagine that if it was, you know, if there was different names and different addresses and different bank accounts and all this, that and the other involved, there'd be no way. Right. You don't get it back. Yeah. My wife, who has an address over here, we have split houses because we just recently got married. I've got this other house. We have a rental house. And, and, and then I have an account, but she has an account where we have, a, we have a joint account. But thank God I didn't have any of that. Oh, yeah. Final piece of the story. After all of that. And again, they had no problem taking the money out instantaneously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the email that says we are processing your <sighs> refund. It could take seven to 10 business days if for some reason we we if for some reason we determine that you are not eligible for a refund, we will let you know. So now I'm thinking, so there's not even a guarantee. <laughs> Wait, seven to 10 business days. Mm -hmm. So you've got to, you know, knock out the weekends from that. So exactly. So I I wait seven to 10 days. I said, uh, have we gotten the money yet? Nope. 10 days. Have we gotten the money yet? 15. Have we gotten the money yet? No. I'm like, I don't want to spend two and a half more hours trying to get somebody on the phone. I go back to the email and I'm like, okay, maybe there was a link, maybe something I missed. Was I supposed to activate something? Like you start justifying in your head. What did I skip? How is it my fault? Hmm. The, the, the fine print says, though we strive to give you a refund within seven to 10 days, in some instances, it can take as long as 30 Oh my God. You got to wait a month on day. Now it was probably day 25 in a row. So I guess it was business day 17, 16 or 17. It finally showed up in the account. It took 
almost a month, but it took us like 17, 18 business days to yeah. finally get the refund after a five and a half hour time on the phone call, simply because the Google Chrome autofill screwed me up the ass and didn't even kiss me first. Well, you see, they've had they've had your money and however many thousands, tens of thousands of other people's money just sitting accruing interest for that little bit of time all the time before they pay it back. That's a nice little sideline to, mm -hmm. you know, a bit more income coming in while they sit on that for, a, you know, a month. You want to know the sad, sad, sad part about this? I don't know if you're into where these large corporations call home headquarters or world headquarters. I live in Georgia, Atlanta. Georgia is the capital of my state. And Delta calls Atlanta its international headquarters. Atlanta is Delta Central. And here I am in Georgia, literally a 45-minute drive from headquarters of Delta, and it took me that long to get a simple refund. It'd have been quicker, mate, for you just to drive there, knock on the door and say, hello, I'm waiting for your money. You can give it to me now. Except knowing me, their call center is probably somewhere not even in the continental United States. Yes, <laughs> probably. That's usually the way it goes. So anyway, there's my rant. I love technology. You know, you and I have talked about how cool the things we can do online, the things that are just blows our minds to this day. The fact that we're having a real time interview from across the Atlantic Ocean from each other. But there are times where I just want to wring someone's neck. Could someone be empowered to do what's right instead of waiting for an automated system, waiting for the auto phone call? Why is a customer service person not empowered when they've done the research to determine what's the right thing to do for the customer? Why would you have them have to call a separate desk to do what's right? It's just very frustrating. Believe me, I took my time filling out the survey. They suddenly wanted me to fill out. How was your experience? What I just gave you pretty much verbatim what I wrote to them. It is. It's firms where. You know, you can buy anything online. You can buy it via an app with just a couple of presses and it's sent straight to you and your money's out of your account like that. You buy in, you know, insurance and, and everything. But when it comes to you getting your money back, can you just press one button on an app that you use to, to buy it for to get the refund? Because they've got all the same details. No, you can't. Mm -mm. You've, normally, you've got to phone somebody up and you've got to go through all that bollocks of waiting hours and being passed from pillar to post and... Oh, it is so annoying. It is so annoying. Well, I will say this before we get to your rant. If people who have listened to this episode want to share on Twitter, have they had similar or do they want to share or, to, or could they identify? I'd love to know. I'd like to know I'm not the only poor sod that went through that kind of nonsense to try to just do something simple, like get a ticket to go fly somewhere and make sure that when there was a mistake that I and it was. It wasn't even my mistake. Like I used their tool, their website to cancel my, my transaction. Why did it only refund half of it? Mm. It's, it's like there was no explanation. And, and they couldn't, they couldn't figure it out. They're like, I don't know why uh, half the money still came, came out. Uh, we'll have to fix that. I'm like, thank you. Yes, you'll have to. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of the listeners to this show mate, can relate to that and have gone through similar and will, and will be nodding their head while they listen to you going, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can be in there. <laughs> I've been there. I waited far longer than that, Alan. I've waited 12 hours. <laughs> you were on only on for five. Have you? Oh, that's, that's rookie moves. <laughs> the amateur Alan five hours. <laughs> it took five hours for them to answer the phone in my case. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that's, that's, that's my rant for today. 
Well, I'm glad it all got sorted in the end, even though it did take far too long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got a two-parter. I've got a two-parter. But before I begin it, I need to ask you a question. Uh-oh. And that question is, are you wearing shoes as we record? I am. You may need to take them off because we're going to have to walk on eggshells for a oh. little Okay. Well, I had a previous wife. I'm used to that. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to be like. Remember the old kung fu TV show with David Carradine? Mm-hmm. Remember that in the seventies? I used to love it. And I did. There's a there's a bit in the beginning uh, title sequence where he learns to walk on rice paper without leaving any mark on the paper, and he does all this weird thing with his feet. I used to copy it as a kid. I used to do the exact same foot movement on the carpet as I'm watching the opening credits <laughs> to the show. And um, yeah, we're going to have to be a little bit like that, mate, because as the grand poobah of 60MW, as you so eloquently put it at the beginning of these shows, uh, you know, I, I've cracked the whip a few times and laid down a few little laws, of which I'm sure regular listeners already know. But if there's any new listeners to this show, the two, the two rules that I imposed is we, we can talk about everything except politics, and for the last two years, COVID. They're the two sort of no-go areas. And by the way, at the time, I disagreed with the COVID thing, and then I'm like, I'm so glad you put that in place because it lasted a lot longer than I thought anybody expected. (laughs) And the thing, both of those things are so divisive, though, and people get so sick of both that, you know, you want to download any 60MW show, you know, you're not going to need to talk about either of those. We are going to skirt around the, the outer edges of both of those, though, mate. Today. Okay. Well, you've got the right person on with you. I know. That's, that's the why, wrong one. I can't figure out. I thought when, when we discovered that it was just going to be me and you, I thought, yeah, Alan's, yeah, I'm so glad it's just us. Because like you said, you're the right one. Oh, shit. No. Is he the wrong one? Oh, I'm my the God. Wrong- <laughs> <laughs> so part one of my, of my rant. Uh, is face masks. Now, I know already people's minds are going off on, oh, the efficacy, the whys and wherefores, and there's so many things. Can we get it clear that face masks were used way, way before the beginning of 2020? I had to wear one when my daughter was born. I had to wear one when my son was born. I had to wear one when I visited intensive care in hospitals in the past. There's many occasions when you need to wear a face mask. It's just, unfortunately, now you say those two words and people, they go, COVID, COVID, and, you know, trigger point. (laughs) But please, people, can we all agree that no matter what the circumstance of why you may need to wear a face mask, and like I said, there's many, that you wear it properly. You don't wear it. As a glorified chin strap, you don't wear it. Even if you may be, even if you may be just a mouth breather and you have it just covering your mouth and not your nose, that's not, it's not the right way to do it. It's like saying, it's like saying you practice safe sex because you use a condom and then just stretching it over your balls. (laughs) The intention's there, you know, good, good for the intention. The execution of it leaves a lot to be desired and it's not going to work properly. All right. You may be in for a bit of a shock if you do that. Wait a minute. I don't understand how this happened. I was wearing one. 
I was wearing one. I stretched over both balls and she still got pregnant. What, what went on? It's, it's PPE. It's personal protection equipment. It's like, the, and there's lots of it out there. It's not just face masks. There's all sorts. Imagine you think, oh God, I need, and, oh, I could do with some welding. I t- you know what I'll do? I'll do it. I'll do it myself. I'll go down to the hardware store. And I'll buy, I'll buy a welder's torch and a welder's mask. I'll do it myself. And you get home and you fire up the torch and you get your welder's mask and you just perch it on top of your head like a hat. <laughs> and you don't wear it like you're supposed to. You don't cover your eyes with it. And the next thing you know, you're blind. Any, any PPE you need to wear. I have been so pissed off seeing people with it. Some just over the chin. Some just bottom lip covered. Like I said, there are many, many reasons why you could use a face mask. Can can we just agree that those that wear them, for whatever reason, there is one way to wear them? <laughs> to you, Alan, on part one. <laughs> I will, I will, uh, I will argue that you are right. That if you are going to wear anything designed to protect you, wear it the proper way. Whatever yeah. it is, you don't put a jock strap on your ass. You know, <laughs> you could say it was around my waist and in the general same area. Like yeah. you said, not going to help you if you get need in the balls. It's not, is it at all? On, on, and I will also say on, on the flip side, um, this whole thing, if you're not going to even bother to wear it right. And this is where I am. I'm like, and I think that's why we've gotten so frustrated because it went on for so long is. People aren't wearing it right. It's not doing what it's supposed to for those people. You might as well just put out an edict. If you want it, wear it, do it right. If you don't, take your chances, go along. Do one or the other. Either wear it correctly or don't bother. And that's it. Don't don't do it half-assed. Whatever. Don't don't wear any PPE half-assed. You're doing yourself and everybody else no favors. Going going back to the you know the welding mask thing, you'd you know you'd be blind. You'd be you'd be flailing around with a lit welding torch in your hand. Anybody close to you, they'd be running and screaming and and burnt. Yeah. So I think hopefully everybody listening to this show will agree that you know if you're going to wear one, wear it properly. Yes. I, I, th- I think we, I think you and I can both agree on that piece. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm glad of that. <laughs> Some, something of the C word that we, don't, that we don't talk about and we agree on it and it's good. That's yes. good. Now, you know what they did say lately? I don't know about over there, but I knew this from the Navy because I was, uh, when, I, when I served in the Navy, we, uh, one of the things we learned was a, a, a massive disaster in Vietnam on the USS Forrestal. A uh, fighter crashed on the deck the munitions were mercury-based munitions, which would burn through metal. They were initially using water, which, of course, all it did was spread the mercury around and spread the fire around. And it was just a disaster. But they lost a lot of lives because at the time in the Navy, it was cool to have a beard. I mean, you're, you're a shipboard sailor. Sailors had beards. <laughs> their gas, their, their, their oxygen breathers for fighting a fire didn't make a seal around their skin if they had a beard. Yeah. That was the end of beard wearing in the Navy because of an accident. Masks the same way. If you're wearing a mask and you've got these big Bubba beard that's real popular right now, guess what? You can't seal it against your skin. No, <laughs> it's not going to do the same so thing. Pick, pick, you're either going to be fashionable and looking like ZZ Top and <laughs> fuck the mask or you shave your face if you're really that worried. Yeah. And, and, and that's the, I think, 
the whole thing. We're going to we're, we're skirting around it. There's so much that's just been frustrated because you can come at it from seven different ways and everyone makes you feel like you're just a little less smart the next time. It feels like your IQ drops the more you hear rules and things like, well, wait, why are we following that rule at this moment, but not at that moment? But we're in the same room, but I'm standing, but I'm sitting, but I'm going to the bathroom. But no, I'm eating the, the, the rules thing. have been so dumb. It's been like I, I feel like my IQ dropped. That just been a thing the whole way, like I said, because it's been, you know, it's so divisive and every little bit of it has, has been made, has been politicized and made so divisive, which is why, you know, I said, right, that's it for the shows. We don't mean, you know, we don't, I mean, I know we've skirted around the edge this one, but, you know, obviously we're not going to go into details about it because we don't, do, we don't do that. No, no. But, but we're still going to have to stay on those eggshells, mate, because we, we're going <laughs> to... We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about politics because that's even more divisive than COVID has been. Um, But I am going to talk about politicians. Now, we have... a nasty lot. (laughs) (laughs) We have, and specifically, their complete inability to answer a question. (laughs) We have, and again, because of what's been happening in the world the last couple of years that we don't talk about, uh, there's been a lot of pol- politicians on the TV, you know, morning news shows and this, that, and the other. And they've been, you know, they've been asked questions and um, they've been asked questions many times. I think one politician once, I think he was asked the same question back to back eight times. I think it was a minimum of eight times. Didn't answer the question, just came out with a load of bullshit. <laughs> and this, there's something over here, mate. Um, happens every Wednesday at, at noon in the House of Commons called uh, PMQs, Prime Minister's Questions. And it, it's where all of the politicians, they get together and both sides, you know, whoever's in power and the opposition, they put questions to the Prime Minister. And it's called PMQs, Prime Minister's Questions, and not PMAs, Prime Minister's Answers. <laughs> the Prime Minister never fucking answers anything. <laughs> it's, it's all bollocks. And it's not just him, though. The amount of times I've been sat, cup of tea in the morning, piece of toast, put the morning news on. Okay, let's see what's happened in the world. Oh, there's a politician and he's being asked these questions. And you can guarantee he will not ask one of them. I would love, I would love if, if news stations had whoever, you know, had got a politician on as a guest, had a little, those two little flip things with numbers on. So every time they asked a question, they'd flip it over. There's question number one. And then the other little flip thing was if they actually answered the question. <laughs> now, I'm sure the little flip thing for the answers would never get turned over <laughs> at all because they don't answer the questions. And please, correct me if I'm wrong, mate, but politicians, they're, they're put into power by us, the general public. They are paid for. They get their wages through us, the general public, through the taxes that we pay. Mm-hmm. They serve us, the general public. But if we, or anybody else for that matter, have the audacity to ask them a question about the job that they're doing serving us, oh, no, it would be easier to get blood from the proverbial stone than trying to get an, like, trying to get an answer from them. They just... On and on they ramble. It's oh, it's so, so maddening. I yeah. don't know if it's the same over there in America. Over oh, here, America. it is a thousand percent the same. It is a frustrating thing. Um, 
one of the things, one of the phrases we use is, wow, that person's really good at serving up word salad. Like mm. that's all it is. It's word salad. It's just a bunch of words that if you're not really paying attention, sounds like someone's answering. And then you go back and go, they just spoke words for about a minute and a half that mean absolutely nothing. It's it, it, they've managed to say nothing. They've not taken a side. They've not taken a stand. They've not answered the question. And yet they burn 90 minutes, 90 seconds of my time. What would happen if you or me in our job were asked questions by people that were either above or below us, you know, in, in, in the food chain, as it were, of our employment and we didn't answer them. We just, you know, spoke bollocks for a few minutes and then they went, oh, um, yeah, okay, then but question. And then you didn't answer it again. We'd be out on our ear. We'd be gone. Why doesn't it happen to politicians that they just don't answer questions? I, I think we've gotten to the point. I mean, and I'm sure, and here's the thing, I've read enough history. This isn't necessarily new, but because things are televised, because things are online, because people share cameras from the House of Commons or Parliament or wherever these debates are going on, we see it more often when people are on talking head shows every night being the the next expert for the next eight minutes before the next commercial break that's going to solve all the world's problems in that little moment in time with the sponsors at the bottom and the Chiron graphics running by. I think they all realize every one of these is going to live from in perpetuity. It could come back and bite me at the next election cycle. The less I actually say one way or the other, the less that can come back and bite me at election time. It's terrible. <laughs> it's I honestly, there is a, there's a thing in our country. I'll, I don't know if you have the, the debate in the UK over what we call term limits in the United States that comes up every now and then, like the president has a term limit, two terms. You're it. You're done. You can't, you doesn't matter how great you were. Could have been the greatest president. You're, you're done. Um, but your U S Congress people and your U S senators, they've got a term in the sense of, it's a two year or a six year, but they can run as many times as they want. There is no limit to the number of times. And there's this thing where everybody keeps saying, well, of course, they've got a term limit. You just vote them out of office. Well, when they don't say anything, they don't technically feel like you're, they're going to stand for anything, but they come around at election time and promise you everything. They keep getting revoted back in office to spend another two years or six years not saying anything, not doing anything until they come around again to promise you everything to get the vote again. So I, we keep saying maybe you ought to just say six times as a congressman or twice as a senator. You're done. How about that? We put a term limit because it's obvious we're we're stupid as people because we keep voting these same dumbasses in office and they know how to play the system. Oh, I, I wish. PMQs would be changed to PMAs and he was forced or she, whoever the prime minister may be at the time was, and you have to give an answer. And then if you don't give an answer, it doesn't move on until you give a specific answer that is relevant to the question. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they give answers. It just may not be relevant to what you asked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so, uh, you know, here's yeah. the thing though. And, and, and it bothers me because I think I will think, I do think the thing that has changed from let's say 200 years ago to where we are today there's this sense of I won the election, therefore I can do what I want instead of I won the vote of my constituents. I need to do what they want. Mm -hmm. It, I mean, I don't know how that feels over there, but I feel, and, and this is either party. This is either, I'm not, I'm not yeah, picking sides. It doesn't matter your political views now. It feels like politicians feel like, Oh, I won. So now I get to do what I want because they told me I'm the best person for this job. Not, 
we picked the person who we thought best represented us. You know, it's the difference between ruling versus governing. We sent someone to help govern, not to rule. Mm -hmm. I think more politicians need to be held to the standard of governing, not ruling. And the need to answer the fucking question. (laughs) And answer the damn question! (laughs) So, that is... That is as close as you're ever going to get on 60MW to COVID and politics. We've we've skirted around the edge. I think even with your shoes on, mate, I think you did a good job and didn't crack any eggshells. You so. and I masterfully did that because you know what? We are we are also good at word salad, but we're at podcasters. We don't we don't we're not accountable to anybody but ourselves. <laughs> you can ask me a question. I can give you a load of bollocks as an answer. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, you, <laughs> we have this discussion with sports all the time. Uh, and I know you love American football, but it's like you can jokingly make up every single response to every question that's asked of coaches. So, coach, how are you going to win the game? Well, we're going to put the best players on the field, run the best plays, and hopefully at the end of the day, we've scored more points than the other team. I mean, <laughs> you can make that answer up for everything. And yet every single time reporters ask, well, what are you going to do to win? Uh, we were thinking about maybe not running the ball. See if that works. Not, I mean, come on. <laughs> You can you can answer anything to that. You really can. No, and or it's like or the commentators. Who do you think is going to win the game? Well, it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last. As long as they've got more points, chances are they're going to win. Yep, yep. That's that sounds right. <laughs> word salad, dude. We live in an age of word salad. Just say a bunch right. of stuff, and and people think you're smart. That's it. That's it. Just keep spewing them out. <laughs> See, at least we keep spewing out words and then we're under no pretension that, you know, we're doing anything. But I I would argue at the very least, we're much more entertaining or engaging with what we do. I would like to think so. I would like to think that people who download 60MW shows, given the choice of downloading any of our format shows or say, you know, this week's PMQs (laughs) would would choose to download one of our shows rather than that. I totally agree. All right. Well, anything else on your rant or can we move to our would you rather segment? No, that's that's my two parter done, mate. I feel I feel so much better to have got that out of me. Dude, we need to give each other virtual high fives because it proves that you can have differing points of view come from different perspectives, different countries, different upbringings. And you can actually have a wonderful time talking to one another and move along. Yes, you can. Stunning, isn't it? (laughs) who knew people could do that because i swear in our country you're told you either toe the line 100 or i hate you (laughs) that's a pretty strong line i don't even follow my wife 100 percent of the time (laughs) all right let's move to would you rather a segment where the audience gets to play along in the car or at home or wherever you're listening to the show and if you want to weigh in on this on the uh, twitter account We would love to hear from you. We'll give you all that information at the end. I'll start off. Dave, would you rather give your arch enemy a four hour long deep tissue massaging, sponge bath, drying and rub down (laughs) or spend the next week having to use the restroom in front of a watching audience? Oh, You know what? I I don't think I could use the restroom in front of a watching audience. I mean, I know you would eventually. You'd have to. 
or else you'd just explode <laughs> in a horrible mess. <laughs> but the thought of at least for the, I don't know, the first half a day more, you know, trying to have a pee. I could, I could have a shit probably in front. You know, you sat down. There's not a lot on show. <laughs> you could entertain them with a few tuneful farts and laugh about it because, hey, farts are funny. And but I get just have it. I don't know. It's I, I think it'd be the whole having a pee. Could you? Now here's the, here's the kicker, right? Could I sit down on the toilet, obviously, to have a poo? Could I stay sat down if I needed a pee? Could I just, you know? Yeah. A bit down. If you feel like sitting and tucking, you could do that. But you, but there's, it's almost like imagine there's no door on the stall. There's people just sitting there waiting for you to be to finish. They're gonna look at you. The thing is, what what if you did a bit of a splatty poo and you'd got you know your bum needed a really good wipe? Yeah, you, you gotta re- you gotta reach over to the sink and and you know wet a towel down or oh, something. Yeah, and you're going through wet wipes and paper and trying to and it's still there and you're thinking why isn't it clean yet they'd see all of that wouldn't they there's no yeah the actual business side of it you could get away with sat down and a little bit of embarrassment the first few times but i think it'd be afterwards when especially post poo when you've got a wipe i think that would be my thing (laughs) whereas the other one it's over in it's over in it's over in four hours but it's your arch enemy. It's not just somebody you dislike, like the the most, like the person that's the most vile. You just, you wish that you never even had them in your life. The most vile, hated, your arch enemy. You could though, because, because you're giving a deep tissue massage, you could, you could really dig your thumbs in a bit too hard, couldn't you? And say, oh, I'm just trying to get into this muscle there and really sort of cause them pain, which that, yeah, I'm going with that actually. And you really... <laughs> And find find really sensitive bits and dig thumbs in and 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 knuckles and say, oh yeah, this is this is a real deep tissue technique that I've that I've got to. It may it may feel like actually I'm using my knuckles and I'm punching you, but, <laughs> but, but I'm not. I'm, I'm massaging you in a very deep tissue way. Yeah, I'm going for that one, mate. You know. Now, I- I love the mental exercise of working through and then finding ways of justifying one of the answers versus the other. I end up punching my arch enemy for four hours. Yes. Give me that option, Alan. I'm thinking the way I wrote it, you're supposed to do it in a loving, tenderly way, which is what's supposed to make it awful. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, hey, sure. As long as I can bring a, a rake and a shovel. Yeah, no problem. I'll bathe you. <laughs> Ignore the baseball bat. It's fine. <laughs> For me, and here was the thing, and the reason I, I asked that is like, what would be worse? Because one's a short period, but I think that'd be just horrible to have to sponge bathe, especially maybe they knew you were going to do it and they weren't clean and they needed to have every crack and crevice and you had to do a good job. And in my head, you know, you're giving them a sponge bath and then a dr- then you have to dry them and then you have to rub them down and give them a massage. And it's got to be four hours. And I'm like, I, I can't even stand taking a shower for more than 20 minutes by myself. I'm like in out done. <laughs> You know, my wife is like, can you give me a massage 20 minutes into it? I'm like, are, are we done? She goes, I go 60 minutes. at. Well, you pay for that. You're not paying me, you know. Um, but in the Navy, the, th- the thing that threw me when I was in boot camp, there were no doors on any of the stalls. And I had to do that a few times. Take a massive dump in the morning with three guys just staring like, are you done? Are you done? Like not even just watching and trying to have a conversation with me. It was the weirdest wildest feeling in the world, but I was able to do it. So 
Uh, I think as of right now, I'd probably just go ahead and uh, drop a deuce in front of an audience rather than have to deal with my arch enemy. <laughs> you know, if you did that in front of uh, in front of an audience, like you said, you could you could make it into a bit of a game because, you know, sometimes you, you get that proud feeling when you've done an extra large poop. If you know, if you dropped one that was, you know, sticking out of the water like Excalibur, you could go, "Hey, look, look at that! Beat that one! Your turn! Go on!" Yeah, make little comments like, "Oh, that's going on ratemypoo.com. That's that. That's a voter right there." <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we differ, mate. We differ. We did differ on the first one. All right, you get to go next. Right, Alan, you're an international spy drawn out of retirement for one last mission. And you're tasked with finding and capturing Fifi LaRue, a French secret agent gone rogue who is currently hiding somewhere in Paris and who is threatening to release a deadly virus into the Parisian population that will turn the waiters of the French capital into charming and attentive members of the hospitality industry, thereby ruining the long-standing expectations of foreign visitors to be ignored for a minimum of 20 minutes before a waiter finally appears shrugs their shoulders, and gives a clearly audible harumph when you fail to fully understand the French menu and ask them for help. (laughs) This shocking twist to the tourist-based service industry would destroy the French economy before becoming the first step of many that Fifi has planned to grind the global economy into the ground before promoting her new cryptocurrency, TittyCoin. (laughs) <laughs> which people become so addicted to using via their smartphones that they delete all the other apps on there. With no social media or news apps to tell people what is happening in the world, Fifi plans to use TittyCoin uh, message function to control the thoughts and opinions of the world's population, eventually wanting to become the first ever high priestess of Earth. Your mission is going well until Fifi, disguised as a waiter called Hugo Le Pew, surreptitiously drugs your whiskey nightcap at the hotel you've booked into using your usual non-deplume of Jason Steele. (laughs) Awakening in a dark, dank cellar, you find Fifi stood in front of you, clasping a number of rusty nails in one hand and a small ball-peen hammer in the other. She offers you a choice of torture, not because she wants any information from you, but just because she likes to watch people suffer. (laughs) Would you rather <laughs> I love the setup <laughs> take up a, take her up on her offer and have one rusty nail hammered into each testicle with the promise of removing them as soon as your screams had subsided? Or would you rather go for option two that she gives you and have a nail hammered into the end of each finger on both hands, creating a devastatingly painful wound between each finger and its nail. These nails would stay there for one hour, and if you passed out from the pain, you would be killed. So, Alan, all (laughs) four fingers. Holy crap. First of all, the setup, awesome. The question sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I got to be honest, I'm at a point where I'm not worrying about reproduction. And if I can have them pulled out the second I stop wailing and I can really just bite down hard and go, done. 
I'd rather have my nuts tied or, or, or hammered to a board through a rusty nail than to have all of my fingers because I kind of like typing, playing video games, playing with my wife. I mean, I need my fingers. I need I, I cook, I clean. I, I'm addicted to my fingers. I, my nuts haven't done a whole lot for me in the last, you know, I've had all my kids. I'm done. So it would hurt. They're both going to hurt. But if I have to pick, I'll go with two stabbing pains that can go away quicker rather than 10 and have to wait an hour. That's good, mate. And I would be joining you in your choice. We would both be sat there with nails in our balls. Yeah, and for the reasons that you said, because you could get it over with. I mean, you could, although I doubt, not scream at all, and they'd be taken out instantaneously. Mm-hmm. But those, you know, that bit down your nails, you know, you've had a splinter, you must have, down that bit of your nail. Oh, it's so painful. Having that 10 times. And the rusty nails, and they're going, they're going to stay in there for an hour. You could get all sorts of things, you know, post when they've pulled out. And like you said, it's both hands. You probably might not be able to use them again. So even as a man, you'd think anything to do with your balls, you'd go, no, thank you. I'll, I'll go on to the other option. I Yeah, I think you've nailed it. Nailed it. Hey. And then everyone <laughs> thought, um, oh. you know what? And who knows? Maybe things will end up being bigger down there when I got done anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> keep the swelling. Take away the pain. Keep the swelling. That's the classic. <laughs> Yeah. So, oh, we agree then both. Yes, we agree on that one. So we're one and one. All mm-hmm. right. We're on to question three. So it's my turn. Dave, I thought of you when I created these, obviously, because I know you, I know your interviews, I know your love of cinema. So here is my question to you. Dave, would you rather be able to have the option of interviewing pretty much any B-level celebrity you ever could, but you have to do it remotely via Zoom or Skype? You could not meet them, but Pretty much, if you make a phone call, it happens. You get to interview somebody, B-level. yeah. Or you get to choose your top three favorite A-list celebrities, meet and interview them in person, and you will never interview another celebrity again. Oh. I'd, uh, I'd have to go with the first one. I'd have to go with the first one. Because, mostly because I really love doing the interview shows. And that's why 60MW started. Just as it was just me doing interviews and I really enjoy doing them. And they're always, and I always, I say on every interview show, but so. But, but I, I mean, know. you could have oh. Sylvester Stallone alone in a room one-on-one for an entire interview. If it took three hours, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger and whoever else on your top three, but you get them live, you get them in person for as long as it takes to finish the interview, but you can never interview anybody again. You would still go with the B-list celebs to be able to still do it forever. I'd have to go. I'd have to, I'd have to stick B-level and then I can keep recording to people who I like. Because luckily for me, I really love B-movies as well. <laughs> Sometimes, well, there you go. a lot of the time, much more than the AAA, you know, big budget stuff. So even though I couldn't meet them, I would be able to record more. And, and there's so many people that I still want to still want to talk to. Yeah. I'd have to do that, mate. I'd have to do it. Okay. You know, I've gone back and forth when I wrote the question, I thought, yeah, I would rather, because this isn't my thing. I like interviewing people, but if you told me I couldn't interview a celebrity, I could still interview politicians. I could interview musicians. I could interview people in the workforce. I, I enjoy that. But to meet three of my all-time favorite A-list celebs in person would be amazing. But the more I've thought about it, and maybe even listening to you kind of biased me, there is something cool about maybe meeting that B-list actor that becomes the next A-list. And you can say, 
I was one of the first people to interview him or I was the one who gave him the, the courtesy when they weren't worthy of the other big forums. I can say I got to know them before everybody else. And I think that's cool too. Oh, yeah. It is. It is cool because oh, there you go. There you go. I spent a week with Henry Cavill when he was 19, I think it was in Romania on the set of, of Hellraiser Hellworld of which there is a podcast out there all about it. I forget what episode number it is, but if you haven't listened to that, listeners, go and listen to that. There's a show with me and Tina talking all that about it. That was awesome, by the way. The stories and, and recounting the winning the contest and getting over there and then what you would do at night and the shooting and the and just the way you were treated like a member of the cast. Like you really, okay. it wasn't like, oh, here was the winner. We got to kind of give him a wink, wink and a nudge. You really were part of the, sh- of the movie. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. And then, you know, to go on and see what's happened with Henry's career, since then, I mean, that was that was 20 years ago this year. That was 2002. So, you know, I can and I still do say because we used to play pool in the in the sports bar all the time that Superman cannot beat me at pool. <laughs> I love it. I wish you almost wish you had state that, the, you know, that the cell numbers and, and smartphones had been around. So you could have had his number and who knows, maybe you could have said, hey, remember when we played pool that one time? I know you're an A-list, but I do this little interview thing. Would you like to be on the show? And that'd be cool if you would want to. Because I had my video camera with me. So I did make a little short film while we were playing. There was four of us playing pool one night. And I did make a short film of us playing pool. So I can say as well, I've directed Henry Cavill. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So I'm going to go the same as you. So we're going to agree that even though part of me was drawn to the idea of could imagine having, you know, three of the most amazing, you know, for each of us, a-list actors to sit down and just talk to them. Ultimately, having the ability to talk to more people for a longer period of time is really what I'm in the business for. I like interviewing people, so I'm going with the B-list as long as I can talk to them. That's good. So that's two we agree on, one we don't. Okay. All let's right. See, let's see how we go with this one, mate. It is the year 2042. and pissed off that the flying cars of the future promised to you in the comic books of your youth still haven't appeared. You ask your young grandson, Bongo, to use, his, to use his technology genius to hack Elon Musk's bank account and siphon out $2 billion to create your own personal flying car that you've always wanted since a child. Musk will be completely unaware of all this as he now spends all of his time in his luxury space station orbiting Mars. Just as you have found a firm that has promised you it can use the $2 billion to make your flying car, your grandson says that he wants to use the money to help people below the poverty line worldwide to have food, shelter, and medical care. Would you rather go ahead and fulfill your dream of kissing the clouds in your flying car or let your grandson have the money and help people across the globe? Oh, so play to the ego or play to what's right. (laughs) You know, This is one of those questions where depending what age I was when you asked it would change my answer. As of right now, at this point in my life, I serve on a bunch of different nonprofit boards. I give of my time. I'm a big fan of saying we can all do something for our community. It doesn't have to be money. It's it's time. It's talent and treasure. You can donate. If you don't have extra money, you can still volunteer to serve. You can volunteer to do things. I'm a big fan that you make your community what it is. The fact that I could help empower my grandson, and I would just tell him to name the foundation after me so my legacy lives on, to do $2 billion worth of good in the world, I think is better than buying a flying car. I 
I'm going to disagree. <gasps> oh, <laughs> naughty me. My, my thought process being that if I, if I did go ahead and use the $2 billion and had my flying car, the, the starving people around the world, the, the dying, the sick, everybody around the world, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know that, that, you know, their problems could have been solved by me as I fly over them, waving hello from my phone. Oh, little people, if you only knew. <laughs> Your life could be so much better, but it's awesome up here. But, but also, how can you be sure that your grandson Bongo isn't, <laughs> isn't a bit of a little shit? He, he might be lying. He might not use all of the $2 billion dollars to do that he, now, might, he might make his own flying car you don't know do you no wait a minute you you're can't, missing the point of the would you rather <laughs> you've got to go through all the thought processes though haven't you put yourself in that position he could imagine that you give you oh there you go bongo there's two there's two billion dollars and then you know a month later you see him flying over your head in his own flying car going sucker <laughs> you'd be so pissed off Oh, he tells you, he goes, look, I was unfortunate. I took the two billion and bought the car for me because I was helping the poor. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't I dropped, think like that. He dropped a sandwich off. I threw sandwiches out of the car as I was flying over them. And the odd aspirin to help the sick. Yeah, I wiped my ass in front of him because I lost the other would you rather about taking a dump in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> two agrees oh. and two disagrees. Oh, oh, my gosh. So we're two and two. All right, Dave, number five. Would you rather have the culinary skills of a French chef, but lose your ability to taste all but about 10% of the flavor or have the most sophisticated palate in the world, but only get fast food? B. <laughs> and Tina, as she's listening to this, she'd have, get, she'd have said that quicker than I did. Because I'm having, I'm, I'm, I got a Rona cough going on. <laughs> not even, you didn't even take a second to justify. You just, oh, B. I didn't even need to, didn't even need to think. All right, because <laughs> Tina is the one. Tina is the one who like food. Let's let's take chicken for example. Okay, so we're having chicken, and now it's a chicken breast, and we're going to have chicken and potatoes. So I'll boil some potatoes, and put the chicken breast in the oven take them both out and eat them. That's it. Whereas Tina would want the chicken breast and she'd want it wrapped in whatever with a something sauce and some, some ground, whatever, and chopped something or other on it. And, and then in a bed of whatever, and the potatoes have to be, the, the, actually, th this is such a coincidence. We were having the same conversation this evening uh, about food because, and we were having something simple because I was recording tonight. Tina made something, you know, just quick. We, we just, we had actually, we had burger and chips. So I had burger and chips, but then Tina has with it salad and coleslaw and put something on the blah, blah. Well, I just have just burger and chips. My, I've always been food, very, very simple with food. It's food for me is okay. That stopped me feeling hungry and it tasted okay. And I'm fine with that. I've always been that way. Whereas I know other people are, Oh, they want all these exotic flavors and this, that. No, I, no, as long as my, you know, I'm getting a good, I mean, I'm not saying eat fast food all the time, but as long as I'm getting the right calories and the, and the right proteins and this, that, and the other vitamins, 
Uh, but a very, very simple taste as far as food goes, mate. So, yeah, I didn't need to think about that one. Wow. See, I and you may have kind of bent it a little because it was about having the skills yourself to make anything you want to that level, but only be able to taste about 10% of it or yeah. have that really, really sophisticated palate all you're ever going to eat is fast food. Yeah. It's as long as, yeah. I mean, I know watching the, what's the, what's the documentary where he just eats McDonald's for a month? Oh, um, supersize me. Yeah. Yeah. And it fucks him up. I mean, I mean, to that side, I wouldn't, although I'm sure with just fast food, you can get healthy options, but taste, taste. And no, I'm fine with that. Just simple stuff. I was thinking about the whole thing about the palate. Cause you know, we went to a wine and cheese uh, tasting thing the other day. And I'm thinking, do I really separate the oaky flavor and the back taste of cherry? Or do I feel like there's blackberry? I'm, I don't know. It tastes good. I'm drinking it. And if not, oh, well, would I like a more sophisticated palate? But then I look, do I want to lose my sense of taste? Because I love cooking. I really, really love cooking. And if I choose the fast food, which kind of limits your flavors, I can at least t- taste everything but I love cooking and I love making meals for people. Would I be okay having it taste really bland to me, but everybody else is raving over it. And I think because I love to cook, I'd hate to lose my taste, but honestly, I love to cook and, and I would still eat anyway. Cause you know, like you, you got to fill your stomach based on this question. I'd rather have the skills of a French chef rather than the sophisticated palate. Ooh. So we go into the final, would you rather with, with two agrees and three disagrees, don't we? Yes, this is it. Oh, drum roll. <laughs> right then, Alan. After 15 years of being the number one box office attraction worldwide, the next installment of your blockbuster spy franchise, Jason Steele, Man of Iron, is ready to go before the cameras. Yes, you are, again, super spy Jason Steele from the first, would you rather? Um, And what better way to hide your true identity as an international spy than by being hidden in plain sight as a cinematic international spy of the same name? Makes sense. Sounds like the Van Damme series that was on TV. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 15 years of being pigeonholed as a movie man of action has jaded you, and you've always wanted to be in a comedy film. Out of the blue comes an offer from a ballsy 19-year-old YouTuber with 2.5 billion followers. He's offering you a chance to play the lead in the first of his YouTube-only feature film comedies called Bongo and the Big Boys. He wants you to play the lead part of Bongo, but says he can't offer you any cash for the role. Torn between making yet another movie in a franchise that you were jaded with or taking a risk on a YouTube project that may well leave you looking silly and kill your career, but could be a call of destiny, knowing that you'd be playing a part with the same name as your grandson. Yes, all three of these stupid flights of fancy are intertwined. Well, I also like I'm part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They all work together. Now. You've got your own. You're Jason Steele. You've got a grandson called Bongo. This We'll take this going forward in future episodes, I'm sure. <laughs> while also giving you the opportunity to endear yourself to a whole new audience that could make you even more popular than ever before, the choice has to be made. Would you rather stick as the action guy or take a chance in an online comedy movie? 
don't even have to think about it. Take a chance on the online comedy movie. If I've had a 15 year career, I've got money in the bank. And if I can, grow, I don't care if I fail. I want to try something new. I want to try it. And if I screw up, I'll still be getting residuals. I'm still going to get movies that are being played on streaming platforms. And if I gain an entire new audience that goes, this is the guy that was the action hero. Let's go find out about his other movies. I'm probably going to get paid anyway by people streaming that shit. So, yes, I would very much go for the no pay get on YouTube, do what I'm doing, have a good time. I've already made my fortune. That's a, that is a good answer actually, because yeah, because even if it did bomb and people went, Oh my God, he's, he's just lost it completely. It probably would in this day and age, send up this whole new audience who didn't know about you before back to your 15 years worth of action movies and you get residuals from them. That's yeah. a really good way of thinking. So yeah, I agree with you. And purely for those reasons, mate. We finished at a tie. We're a perfect for a 500 50 50 split. <laughs> awesome. I love these would you rathers. I love it because we write them. Actually, I'm going to give you a round of applause for creating the scenario to each would you rather, not just like I do, one simple question and go with it. So thank you for the creativity. That was amazing. That's all right. I have to, uh, you know, I have to live up to the standards set by your awesome introductions. Oh, well, you, you definitely blew away my would you rather. So there we are. We've, we've bookended it. A great opening and a great way to end. Anything else you want to talk about before we kind of put a bow on this one and call it uh, done and in the books? No, we can. Uh, we can tie the bow if you want, mate. All right. Well, let's do this quickly. I will let everybody know that you can obviously find this and many other shows. 60MW is a smorgasbord of entertainment and engaging shows underneath the label 60MW. I said 60 minutes with because technically you can still use 60minuteswith.co.uk to get to the website, but it really is 60MW. Find it on Twitter or online. There's a lot of reviews, a lot of movies, a lot of music, a lot of entertainment. It's just awesome. Dave, in fact, I know you know this inside and out. Give everybody maybe just a quick rundown of the kinds of shows available done by the 60MW Empire. Yeah, if you just go to 60MW.co.uk, numerical 60, not alphabetical. Go to the website there at the top. There's podcasts. Click on that. There's a little drop-down box. I have recently changed the names on the drop-down box to make it easier for new listeners to find shows that they may or may not be interested in. So you'll see now that there's decade of decadence for the eighties stuff. And then there's interviews, there's movies, music, uh, video games. So no matter whatever you're into, just click and have a look in there. There's entertainment, which is a mishmash of all different shows as are most of the other ones as well. Just click and look in all those different shows. So if you're interested in movies, click around and try the different format shows on there. Same goes for music, try them all, give them all a go. Why not? While you're on there. Uh, and then there's links on there, of course, to the Twitter and Instagram, which are at 60MW Podcast. You can leave us a message. There's a speak pipe button that comes up and you can leave us a 30 second voice message for free, quick and easy from your phone or PC. And you can send it to whatever show that you want and we'll respond all the time on the show. Same with emails and tweets, questions, comments. We always respond on the show. So, uh, yeah, get involved, get active, everything is via the website. Go and have a look and have a play around. And if you've enjoyed the show and you played along and you want to let us know about your answers, tell us where we were right, where we were wrong, what we missed in our logic for picking one answer or the other, hit us up on the Twitter account, 60MW on Twitter, which is a fantastic resource to be able to stay kind of real-time engaged with everybody. Dave, that's the only real social media, honestly, for the, for the, for the podcast. It is. It's the main one that 
everything, news about the podcast, everything go, always goes through Twitter. If you want to keep updated on anything 60MW related, make sure to follow us on Twitter at 60MW Podcast because that is the main one and you'll you'll keep up to date with everything. You won't miss out. Competitions, news, everything goes on there. Dave, it has been a fantastic chance to sit back in our virtual rockers on that porch, yelling at the kids, telling them to get off our lawn because, damn it, things piss us off and we have a show to be able to vent those frustrations. It was an honor and a pleasure to spend some time chatting with the immortal Jason Steele. Jason Steele. All right. Till next time, buddy. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, I decided of all the shot glasses or little um, highball glasses I got for Christmas, I wanted to use this one for your benefit, being that you're on the line with an American. It's got a bullet embedded in the glass. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's good. That is good. You know what was the scariest bit, mate? The scariest bit for me. Mm wasn't firing the gun or anything, although that did make me jump the first few times it did it. Uh, and how, I tell you what as well, it's so bloody difficult to hit a target. The target wasn't too far in front of me. I thought it's going to be a piece of piss to hit that. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> if you've never fired a gun before and you think it's going to be easy, no, 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 it's not. The bit that really scared me was the loading the pistol, holding the bullets and and loading the, the magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh I was shooting myself like the bullet was going to explode or something, which I know is probably ridiculous. But that, by far, I was really nervous, just like loading the gun. They're, they're fun. I haven't been in a while. Unfortunately, the price of ammo is so expensive. I've got other things, you know, like food and fuel I like to buy and, you know, put on Go the table. Go to the gun range and like throw sandwiches at the target. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just throw like my mud balls? And... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but I can kick off the show here officially if mm-hmm. you're ready. Since yeah, yeah, I'm ready. to be working now. Yep. Oh, thank fuck for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was, after the troubles that me and Tom had a couple of weeks ago, and granted that was using Skype, mm-hmm. it was absolute nightmare. So I thought I don't want another evening like that. The synergistic salute. The synergistic salute. Blah, 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 blah.